Warning, this episode contains adult language, mature situations, insanely disturbing contaminants, mysterious amnesia, prison experiments, alternative energy supplies, and crystal-eating monsters. Listener discretion is advised. Episode 372, Blue Phobia. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Spark and Monger View. I'm your host Zan, saying konnichiwa, aloha, bonjour, and what's up? Hope everyone is doing good during this really weird time. Hope you've been safe, hope you've been social distancing, and mostly hope you guys have been reading lots of manga. I've been reading a lot of stuff, also been fixing the podcast studio to be a little bit better sounding. Hope you guys noticed the effort I've done for this, but I'm getting on a tangent, so let me just welcome you to this wonderful podcast. If you're joining us for the first time... Sparkin is a podcast inventing reviews about connectly enhanced narratives. Pretty much what that means is every episode we talk about one or two geeky topics and tell you the pros and cons about it. How the art style is, the overarching plot, and if it's worth investing your time in or not. You don't have to agree with anything that I or my co-host say, but we try to be educational, enlightening, exciting, and most importantly, entertaining. You can check out any of our earlier episodes at www.spirakn.com. We're also on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, and various other social media sites. Just type in S-P-I-R-A-K-N, and I guarantee you'll find us one way or another. And also, if you want to recommend any really cool things for me to review, or just want to talk about my ratings in general, you can email me personally at Zan, that's X-A-N, at Spirekin.com. So, now that that's out of the way, hope you guys have been doing pretty well, and hope you're enjoying the other podcasts we have on this lovely website, because we've had things like our movie review, our game review, our Television Tuesday review. We're actually releasing a special episode about that soon. We're talking about the first season of a show by Joe Hill, who it took me 20 seconds to realize that that is the son of Stephen King. I was like, I know that face. It can't be. Yeah, it is. No, it isn't. Like, no, it's Stephen King's son. Really cool about that. But I digress because this is not the Stephen King podcast. We have other podcasts as well. We're going to be doing a Zan Chat coming up i know that's been very sporadic but i feel like one is coming up where we should talk about various things i'm thinking maybe we'll talk about the difference between a lobster roll in connecticut style versus a lobster roll in massachusetts style which i found is actually a major thing but we're here to talk about manga so let's get to the manga news and there is a shitload of manga news this week because so much happened now the first thing that happened is on june 4th Comic-Con International announced the nominees for this year's Will Eisner Comic Industry Awards. And several manga series have been nominated, and one of them is actually from a friend of the podcast. So here's a list of the nominations. So we have Kosuke Ono's The Way of the House Husbands nominated for the Best Humor Publication category. Now, I'm excited. I hope that one wins. You have Kabi Nagata's My Solo Exchange Diary Volume 2 nominated for Best Reality-Based Work. You have Go Tanabe's H.P. Lovecraft at the Mountain of Madness, Volume 1 and 2 manga, uh, nominated alongside Stan Sakai's Usagi Yojimbo. The Complete Gas Cutter Artist Select comic is for Best Adaptation from Another Medium. You have Shinichi Abe's That Miyoko Asaga Feeling, nominated also for Best Archival Work. And then uh, Sakai is nominated for Usagi Ojimbo in the Best Lettering category. Now, the one that we have friends of the podcast are, Zach Davidson did the translation for Go Tanabe's H.P. Lovecraft's At the Mouth of Madness. And I'm actually really excited for that one because it's actually a really good adaptation of such an insane work by H.P. Lovecraft. If you haven't read his stuff, he's super racist and super crazy. Anyway, got on a tangent. So, the women manga and Asian 
Beyond Uniting Different Cultures and Identity Books, edited by Funami Osa, Rebecca Suter, Kazumi Nagai, and John A. Len is nominated for Best Academic Scholarly Work Category. And then five manga titles competing for Best U.S. Edition of International Material. You have B-Stars, released by Viz Media, written by Paro Itagami. You have Castle of the Louvre by Tayo Matsumoto, Viz Media, translated by Michael Aris. You have Magical Night Rare, the 25th Anniversary Edition, written by Clamp, released by Kodansha Comics. You have The Poe Clan, written by Moto Hagayo, released by Fantagraphic Books, translated by Rachel Thorne, and Witch Hat Atelier by Kamomo Shirahama, released by Kodansha Comics, and translated by Stephen Kohler. And we've reviewed three of these titles, so we'll put those in the show notes. Uh, also, finally, this year's manga creators Moto Hagayo and Kenji Nakazawa are among the 14 nominees for the Will Eisner Comic Award Hall of Fame. And I gotta say that you've had several Japanese inductees of this prestigious award, including Osamu Tezuka, he got it in 2002. You have Kazuo Koike in 2004. You have Koseki Kojima, 2004, so both sides of the Lone Wolf and Cub manga. You have Katsuhiro Otomo in 2012, and then the one that I was so happy about, Ramiko Takahashi in 2018. So there is a lot going on. Stay tuned to see who's going to win the Will Eisner Award. I will keep you guys up to date on that. So next news is real world news. It's kind of depressing if you are someone who does not buy legitimate manga, if you just read it scanlated, which is kind of a pain, but trust me, paying for it helps out. It supports our manga community and makes people... It, well, to get new manga, not have to steal it. Uh, but Japan's parliament enacted a proposed revised copyright law on Friday the... I want to say the 7th? No, it was the 5th. It is the 5th. Friday the 5th of June 2020. And this extends the law to punish those who knowingly download illegally downloaded or pirated manga magazines or academic works. Now, this revised law will go into effect on January 1st, 2021. It also bans leech sites that aggregate and provide hyperlinks to pirated media starting on October 1st. So all you scanlators out there who like reading scanlated mangas, October 1st is when it's up. So you have a Japanese cabinet meeting approving the bill on March 10th. And originally it only formally punished those who downloaded or illegally uploaded music and videos as well as uploads of all these materials. Now, this new revision will allow for the downloading of a few frames of a manga or several dozen pages or more, or posting photographs where the manga is not the focus of the photo, for example, appearing in reflections. Now, this revision will also not punish people who download derivative works such as doujin or fanfiction or parodies. Now, that's not too bad. That pretty much means that if you have like a manga in the background or you're using it like flipped, you might be able to get away with a couple pages, but... Not really that good. Now, the other big thing is that the penalties for this. Now, if you're someone who's a repeat offender, you're going to get up to two years in jail or a fine of 2 million yen. So, 18,274 US dollars or both of those. Now, if you're operating a leech site, that's five years in jail and a maximum fine of 5 million yen, about 46,000 dollars US or both. So, it's kind of rough territory, but... It's understandable because leech sites take away money from the creators. Now, my opinion on this has always been this. If it is not readily available, maybe finding an unscanned leech site might be okay. However, I think it would be better to petition to your local releasers, see if they can get a hold of it. 
But if it's something which is commercially released by the real thing, it supports the manga and you can get things that you're interested in. You could support it and it just it'll help the all of our fandom thrive. If it's not available, maybe go for that, but I don't recommend it. Okay? That's my point. That's what I'm going to say. And, uh, you know, if you do have to go to Open Waters, we do not condone it here, but it is what it is. So, all right, next, the other big news. Amazon Prime is developing an English-language live-action adaptation of The Promised Neverlands which is kind of insane. So the Promised Neverland manga and anime is getting a live-action American adaptation as well as its regular adaptation from Japan, which was supposed to come out this year, but because of COVID-19, it was pushed back. So Rodney Rotham, from, the director from Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, is directing this adaptation, and Megan Malloy, who also worked on Into the Spider-Verse, is writing the plot. So she's doing script work. Uh... Also, Rothman is executive producing with Masioka, who worked on the Death Note American adaptation. I like Masioka from Heroes, but when he executive produced Death Note the live action and that was a piece of garbage, kind of worried. But you have Vertical Entertainment's Roy Lee also on hand. So we're going to see. I'm hoping it's going to be well done. I mean, I think that Greta would like to actually see a live action adaptation on Amazon Prime in English for Promised Neverland. I'm just curious how they're going to depict the actual residents of the world they're in, not the kids. I mean, are they going to make them look like monsters? Also, you have the whole thing where the bomb is connected to Mama, that whole thing. But anyway, I digress. So on July 8th, Shodensha's Feel Young magazine is launching a new manga by Haruka Kawachi entitled Masashino Rondo. Now, this series is a love story that interweaves one-of-a-kind characters and centers on an eccentric older sister and a younger brother with a broken heart who, quote-unquote, find a seed that makes new love blossom. Does that mean they fall in love with each other? Do they fall in love with other people? We don't know, but we're going to have to wait and find out. Only a couple of weeks. Next, on July 6th, Akita Shoten's Princess Magazine is launching a new manga by Mizue Odaware, who wrote Witch Hana. Which, W-H-I-C-H, not W-I-T-C-H, but anyway. And this manga is titled Usuyomi no Oji. And this manga is a romantic story about schemes in the Imperial Court. The manga takes place in the Ryokyu Kingdom, in which there's a revenge plot to murder the princess and invade the Imperial Court. <coughs> However, the princess has a partner and substitute who is a man. So this is for those of you who like political intrigue and likes romances with potential slight gender bending. Or it's, something's going on with that, I have to wait and see. But, sounds a little exciting. Now on July 4th, Kadokawa's Comic Flapper Magazine is launching a new manga by Takumi Orishige, uh, the guy who created, or the person who created, Tonari no Seki-kun. Now this is tentatively titled Tonari no Seki-kun Jr. So that means, I'm wondering, is it that Yomi got married to Seki-kun and this is about their child, who's insane, or is it something else? I'm curious. This could be really cool. Or it'd be crazy if uh, Yomi is now teaching a kid who is a complete and utter nightmare. Like she's the babysitter for Seki-kun's son. That'd be kind of cool. But have to wait and see. So also on July 4th, Kikori Morino, the creator of Giant Spider and Me, a post-apocalyptic take, which is a weird manga, is launching a new manga in Monthly Comic Garden Magazine. And it will be titled... 
Tekuboko no Waltz, or Uneven Waltz, and will center on a 5'11 female teacher and a 5'3-inch tall man as they aim to perform a beautiful dance. Now, this inexperienced pair must train in secret, and while this effort will be enjoyable, the waltz they'll initially perform will be clumsy, but will develop to be something amazing. We're going to have to wait and see what happens. I'm kind of excited for this one a little bit, but, you know, maybe good, maybe bad, I don't know. But I'm confident that this is one you're going to have to keep your eye on. Now, the final bit of release data for July 4th of this year. Show by Rock is getting a manga adaptation drawn by Takemura Yokoshima, who is the mangaka for Fate Grand Order Duel. And this manga adaptation for Show by Rock is going to be in Katakawa's Young Ace magazine. So if you're a fan of Show by Rock, we're getting a manga. So other big news during this period of time, which is kind of cool, is that the Line manga app is going to be releasing eight new manga titles this month. Now, they haven't released all of them, but they released two of the mangas that are being released. One is by Masayama Hokazono, who created Inogami, and uh, now Kurabayashi. Now, this is called Pumpkin Night Gaiden, and this is a spin-off prequel of Hokazono's uh, Pumpkin Night manga, focusing on the story of their main character, Naoko, in her time at a mental institution. And the other one is one which kind of intrigues me, and that is going to be Shinichi Okaida's Kyoki Hakubutsuken, or Museum of Deadly Words. And this is a adaptation of the book. So apparently Shinichiro Okoyomo's story is about a main character who suffers from a, famous, a faceless disease and visits a crazy museum to find a cure. And as you learn about the mysterious powers of the nine weapons from the creator, you discover the secrets of the museum and its suspense with horror and episodic horror and where your choices matter a lot. There's also a manga that's going to be released by one Hitomi Takano. That's the one that I'm most intrigued by because she wrote My Boy and our review, you know my opinion on that series. So next. All right, next news bit on June 26th, June 26th, Haruka Fukushima is launching a new manga title called Bitasan no Bokura, or Our Fizzy Group, and this is a youth story that's centering on four swimming buddies in the middle of summer. Is this going to be good? Is it going to be bad? It's probably going to be Slice of Life. I don't know how that's going to go. But anyway, so other news. Manga Planet has acquired two new manga titles that they'll be releasing this month. Now on June 12th, which is this Friday, Butterfly Storage by Ikori Ando is going to be released. And this whole is a weird fucking synopsis so when a person dies their soul turns into a butterfly and flies away holding the thoughts and consciousness of the deceased this butterfly can last for 49 days before fading away completely in this world the death bureau a national agency that collects and freezes dead souls butterflies lets the family of the deceased interact with the data in their relatives butterfly through a 3d hologram their duty also includes making sure butterflies don't end up in the wrong hands without killing or being killed this sounds completely insane and also kind of cool at the same time. I'm curious how this is going to go. It a little bit reminds me of a film that was done by Robin Williams called Final Cut, which has a deal with memories. And so I'm curious how this is going to go. Weird fucking title and weird synopsis, but I'm intrigued. Okay, on June 3rd, the next day, you have The Flavors of Kamika by Akihiro Onokanaka. And this is, in a world where aliens live harmoniously with humans, there exists a kind of alien that doesn't need to eat the way humans do. Hailing from the impoverished planet of Chloridium II, 
where food is a luxury, these aliens live by inhaling microorganisms from the air. Kumika, an uptight, earnest office worker, is one such alien from Chloridium 2. Now, when a sudden cold leads to her being unable to feed herself the usual way, her co-worker Chihiro comes to her rescue with a nice, warm pot of udon noodles. After a lifetime of never having to eat human food, will Kumika ever get used to getting hungry again? This is currently available for free on the manga planet website however they're going to be releasing the first chapters for free and then you can get the rest based on your subscription so uh i'm kind of excited for the food one because i always like a good food manga but i have to say butterfly storage could be good anyway other news on june 23rd akita shoten jung champion magazine is launching a new manga entitled nihong o sukuta otoko plus uh, Shibusawa Ichi Aokihibi, or The Man Who Made Japan, Shibusawa Ichi's Green Day. And this manga centers on Shibusawa Ichi, an industrialist known as the father of Japanese capitalism, and this is focusing on him as a young man. This is a guy who lived through the Bokomatsu and Meiji periods and is credited with guiding Japan to its modern state. Now, the mangaka is the creator of gambler Densetsu Tetsuya, uh, Yosuya Hoshino, and this one could be pretty good. I'm not a fan of biography manga, but I'll give it a chance. Could be cool. Now, one I'm not too excited for, but came out last week on June 5th, which was last Friday, uh, Shinya Miyami launched a manga adaptation of Kay Lee's Woodpecker Detective's Office, uh, Ketsusuki Tante Dokoro, the mystery novel. Now, this manga adaptation is based on the, the novel, which was set in 1909 during the Meiji era, and centers on fictional versions of real-world poet Takuboko Ishikawa and real-life linguist Kyosuke Kindaichi, who were both acquaintances in real life. And then this novel, Tokuboku runs a private detective agency to, to support, support his family, and both begin to investigate a case of supposed ghost appearances at the Asakusa Junkai building also known as the Ryunkai. So, if you're a fan of Woodpecker Detective's Office, I think you'll like the series. I personally could not stand the series. We talked about this in the anime review. So, yeah. I might give the manga a chance. If you want to review it, email me, zanspiker.com. Let me know. So, another thing that happened last Friday on June 5th, J Novel Club licensed three new novels and two new manga series that they're going to be releasing free on Friday for previews. Now, they're also releasing parts of the first volume for paid members, but they're going to have some free first chapter previews. Now, the series that were released are When the Clock Strikes Z, or Z no Jiken, by Ichiro Sakai, and illustrated by Katsu Danso. Now, this is one about a hardcore FPS enthusiast, Iwa Hiroki, who when she removes, or when he removes his VR headset and steps outside for the first time in ages, he discovers that the whole world's in ruins. He runs into a horror junkie, Judo Otoka, and the two team up to endure the zombie apocalypse while getting cryptic messages from a VR AI known as Raven, telling them that if they survive, humanity may flourish again. So these are two oddballs in a hopeless world trying to cling to hope. Kind of fun and intrigued by this. I like a good zombie post-apoc story, so could be really good. I know Greta won't let me watch it if it's an anime, though, but whatever. You have Monster Tamer by Minoto Higuri and illustrated by Napo. 
and this tells the story of 1,000 high school students who get transported into unfamiliar world with dangerous monsters and obviously their survival becomes dependent on those who awaken to unexplainable powers or the beginning of every single Izekai series possible. And our main character, a normal second year student, Majima Takahiro, doesn't get any powers. Instead, he joins a majority of students building a homestead, but when some of the empowered students revolt, Takahiro is left kind of alone, wandering the forest on the verge of death, and since he's lost all faith in humanity, he finds salvation from an unlikely source, monsters. So it sounds a lot like Afaretta, where someone gets betrayed and then they side with monsters. I think this could be really good. Could also be really terrible. Also sounds a lot like a video game, so gonna read it. Hopefully it's good. Now the third light novel that has been licensed was the epic tale of the reincarnated prince Hershrik or Hershrik Tente Ojino Yutan by Nobuyu Kusunoki and illustrated by Ariko, and also known as and so this is about a hardcore otaku named Ryoko Hayakawa who dies before for her 35th birthday and she's reincarnated as a beautiful prince in a fantasy world however her dreamlike royal life doesn't last long because she uncovers the depths of politics and corruptions of her kingdom and to protect the king and his people ryoko reincarnated as prince heshrik is resolved to conquer the darkness within his country the problem is the prince has no physical strength or magical ability and even his stunning looks were surpassed by every other member of the royal family still this prince pres- persevered using the skill he acquired during his previous life the experience of an office worker ah ryoko's drive for change and her otaku brain so this is every pretty much modern izakai ever it's a character who's an office worker gets turned into a prince and then they have to deal with politics except this one the difference is that it's a female otaku and she's now a super pretty boy prince <sighs> uh yeah uh, this one, out of the three of them, this is the one I'm the least interested in. But you guys might like it. Let me know which of these three you're interested in. Now, the two manga titles, on the other hand, both of them I'm interested in. One is Bibliophilia Princess, or Mushikaburu Hime. And this is the manga adaptation of the light novel. And this is about book-loving lady Elena, who spots Prince Christopher, her betrothed name only, consorting with another noble lady. She realizes the recent rumors must be true. And the prince has someone he truly loves, which means the annulment of their engagement is both inevitable and fast approaching. What she doesn't realize is that this is mean, mainly a surface ripple, one of the many where the truth runs deep in a conspiracy surpassing her imagination. This one is filled with intrigue, and it's interesting, and it's not an izakai. And that one strikes me very interested. The next one also does, and that is um, the tale of Mariella Cleric, or the engagement of Mariella Cleric original author Haruka Momo, and the manga adaptation is by Alaska Pan, and character designed by Maro. And this is about a plain, unassuming noble's daughter, Mariella, who receives a marriage proposal from the sought-after Simone, second-in-command of the Royal Order of Knights and all of the insanity that occurs from her being engaged. Uh, it's one which is filled with romance, with drama, and if you like any of those court uh, etiquette series, or Downton Abbey fan, I guarantee you'll like this one way or another. Now, other big news. <clears throat> the Summer Children's Book Fair, Kimi wa Made, Masaki no Oso Shiroso wa Shinranai, or You Still Don't Know How Interesting These Classics Are, is issuing new editions of eight 
classic children's novels with covers drawn by acclaimed mangaka. Now, this is kind of cool. So you have a list of great mangaka who are rewriting the or redrawing the covers of very famous novels. Now, going in order, we have Inoo Asano, who wrote Solonin in Goodnight Pum Pum, is working on Natsumi Soseki's Bochan. You have Paro Itagaki, who created B-Stars, working on Hugh Lofting's Dr. Doolittle. You have Haruko Ichikawa, who wrote Land of the Illustrious, is working on Kenji Maezawa's Night on the Galactic Railroad. That is a really cool cover, by the way. Uh, you have Hiroyuki Eto, who wrote Mahojin Guruguru, is working on L. Frank Baum's The Wonderful World of Oz, so the first in the Oz series. You have Sumito Awara, who worked on Keep Your Hands Off Isaacin, working on Jules Verne's Two-Year Vacation. You have Sukareko, who worked on Oki Uinu, uh, doing the cover for Kenji Miyazawa's The Restaurant of Many Orders. You have Arina Tanemura, who wrote uh, Phantom Thief Jane, is working on Enid Blyton's The Twins at St. Charles. And then the last one, the one I'm really excited for, uh, Lily Hoshino, who was the character designer for Penguin Drum, did the design for Robert Louis Stevens' Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And I'm a huge fan of, of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. It's a great cover. Now, these books are going to be available for sale during the fair, which commences in mid-June. And anyone who buys one of these books will be in the running for a draw bag tote with the cover illustration drawn on it. Now, 50 bags with each cover are up for grabs, and there are also going to be a Twitter campaign from June 17th to the 25th to give away 64 more free tote bags. So look up Publisher Poplar to check out the Twitter campaign so maybe you can win a free bag. If I was going to go for it, I'd go for the Dr. Jekyll Mr. Hyde, Wonderful Wizard of Oz, Night on the Galactic Railroad, or I'd go on Jules Verne's Two-Year Vacation. But which of these would you be interested in? Let me know. Email me, zanspirekin.com. Now, I know this. we've had a lot of news, so this is the last bit of news we have, and then we'll get to actual stuff, all right? So, finally, Weekly Shonen Jump is going to be launching four new mangas of the next four issues. So, first we have on June 15th, Kentaro Yabuki, creator of Black Cat, will be launching the Ayakashi Triangle manga, which tells the story of Matsura, who protects his childhood friend Suzu from Ayakashi, or spirits. On June 22nd, K. Kamiko is launching Hakashin Magu-chan, or God of Destruction Magu. On June 29th, Ryuhei Tamura, creator of Beelzebub, is launching Shakunetsu no Nirai Kanai, or Red Hot Nirai Kanai, which refers to the mystical land of Nirai Kanai in the Ryokyu region of Japan. And then finally, on June 6th, Shuhei Miyazaki is launching Boku to Robo, Me and the Robot. So, which of these are going to be good? Which are going to be bad? I don't know, but I'm going to check this out because Shonen Jump to a lot of good stuff. You know what I mean? So, anyway. Now that news is out of the way, let's get to the actual manga releases for the week which came out yesterday on June 9th, 2020. And we got 17 releases, and actually I reviewed a bunch of these. But I'm excited for all of them. So you have, first off, Aphoretta from Commonplace to World's Greatest Zero, the manga, Volume 3. Boarding School Juliet, Volume 12. Chobits, the 20th Anniversary Edition, Volume 1. Eden Zero, Volume 8. Fairy Tale Manga Box, Set 3. 
How Do We Relationship, Volume 1, Comey Can't Communicate, Volume 7, Kuma 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 Bear, The Light Novel, Manga, Volume 1. So it's Kuma 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 Bear finally came. I'm going to pick that up because I actually like that series, even though I did give it a low rating. But anyway. Uh, Pokemon Adventure Collector's Edition, Volume 2. Reincarnated as a Sword, the Manga, Volume 3. Requiem of the Rose King, Volume 12. Sleepy Princess in the Demon Castle, Volume 12. Syrup, which is a Yuri manga anthology, being released as a manga. You have The Legend of Dororo and Hyakimaru, Volume 1. This is an adaptation of Dororo by Osamu Tezuka. The manga for this, I'm not sure of, but I've seen it. It actually looks pretty good. Um, you have Tokyo, Day by Day. And then finally, something I've been waiting for for two years. Oh, Watakoi, Love is Hard for Otaku, Volume 4 was released. So, for me, personally, I'm it's Watakoi, Dororo and Hyakimaru, uh, Syrup, Kuma 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 Bear, How Do We Communicate, or How Do We Relationship, and then Aphoretta. Chobits, I already have. I'm not going to double dip on that, but... What are you guys interested in? Let me know, zaninspirekin.com, and let me know what you're interested in or what you're horrified by. Actually, there's nothing I'm really, like, eh with this week. It's got some good titles. So, now that we're about 30 minutes in, let's actually get to the reason why I started this podcast, the manga review. And so, if you remember from the last episode, I spun that one, that only, the Wheel of Manga. And it takes time to be that reviewing a manga that was written by Eri... Suroyoshi, and published by Shuisha. Now, there's two volumes of this, and the original one was 2017 to 2018, and it's an action drama psychological horror set in sci-fi series that actually won an award for one of the best series out there for the reason why the series exists, and that's a one-shot. Because originally this was a one-shot, and then it adapted into a 16-chapter manga. And the title of this is Blue Phobia. So... To explain this, you gotta go over the one shot and then it goes into the manga itself because kind of the one shot inspires the manga and also can be seen as a prequel to the manga. So, there is an island in the middle of the ocean. They actually give you the actual coordinates. It's just the middle of, I think, of the Pacific Ocean somewhere. And in this island, prisoners are sent there to mine a mysterious and dangerous ore that's a, called a sea ore. It's blue. And our main character in this one shot is a soldier named Credo who's sent to the island to be a guard. And prisoners are sent to this island to mine this ore that's, there's something wrong with it. And the more you interact with this ore, it starts to change your skin and bones into a bluish color. And eventually over time, about 20 years, your entire body turns into this ore, which is very disturbing. So, in... This place, Credo, is having kind of an existential crisis about this because he sees these people worked essentially to death to work to mine this ore. And it gets to a point where they're actually mining with their hands because their hands and bones are this ore now. And they can actually dig with their hands and it's like punching with a diamond. Super strong. So he's noticing this and he notices a little kid who has blue arms and blue legs. And he's like, why is there a kid in this prison place? He's like, well, what happened was one of the prisoners was pregnant. And he was born in this prison and he's probably going to die here. Which is kind of cruel because it's a child. It was not someone who did the crime. It was just the child of, but they're kind of horrible people. 
And what this kid does is every day after he works, he starts punching a wall. Just he's punching and punching a wall. And people think he's crazy for punching a wall. And Credo sees this kid is punching a wall and he starts punching the wall next to him and giving the kid tips. Not really talking about it's just the frustration. Also, fun fact, these prisoners, yeah, they have to work, but they're given booze. So they can be just lazy drunks who work for booze. And this kid, we find out, who doesn't get a name, just wants to see the sky. And Credo is someone who, he's a chain smoker, he's seen some shit in his life. He was in a war earlier on, and because of, well, inaction or stupidity, he ended up killing a child, and he's had this stress upon him. So he ends up telling this young boy how to get out of the out of there. And he says, look, if you do this, here's how you get out. I'm not going to help you, but if you're trying to get out, hit this, go up the stairs. If you look to the right, when you get out of the cave, you'll see an island. There are boats which are stationed right towards there. The only thing is you do have to get through a brick, a huge wall. If you get through the wall, you're out. If you don't, you're going to die. But he gives the kid a chance. So that night, the kid breaks out, he gets to the wall, and he pretty much does a Riccio, punches through the wall, and escapes. And this kind of leads to the setup about what happens later on. Because they actually mention it like in chapter 14 about someone who escaped and that his children are all screwed up because of this. But the manga itself focuses on a patient who wakes up in what looks like a medical facility. And it turns out this entire facility is on this island. And this guy's going to be experimented on. And he's rescued by a girl with long blue hair, blue eyes, blue arms, and blue feet. And she ends up beating the, the doctor and the soldiers who are trying to attack this guy. And she rescues him and says, come on, we gotta go. And he doesn't know who he is. He has amnesia. Turns out that... This girl who's known as N007 says, Kai, come on. She explains, he was one of the doctors who worked at this facility, and he promised to help her escape. And this facility is the same issue. It's that all the people who were in this facility, it's now a research, it's a research center that experiments on all their prisoners. They're test subjects. And they're all experimenting on this ore, which is called sea sapphire. And the cool thing about sea sapphire is that one, a one centimeter thick piece could supply power to every household in Japan and doesn't produce any waste. And everyone is hailing this as the hope for humanity. So this is an, an alternative energy source that is super clean on the one hand. But on the other hand, in order to get this, people have to die. So it is a huge ethical crisis of, do we kill people to get energy that will last us forever? Or do we just give it up? Well, you have one group that's completely addicted to it and another group that isn't. And the reason for this that we discover is that the sea sapphire ore, uh, exposure to it slowly strains your bones and it'll fix to your chromosome. Eventually turn all of your bones into ore. And Code 01, our main character, who finds his name's Kai Igarashi, was someone who's working on a, not cure, but a way to kind of fix it. It was called 1107. It was a drug which would have fixed it, 
or decolorization, make it look normal. However, it ended up doing something kind of horrific as well. And when he found out, he went mad. And they ended up wiping his memory. So this is an escape between Kai and N007, who introduced herself as Mir. And she's his former patient who cares about him. And her bones are all this metal. They're all this ore. And on the plus side, it means she's a lot more durable. And her bones are a 10 on the Mo hardness scale. So that means they're hard as diamond. So if she could punch through a wall, she'll be fine. She can land on it, she'll be fine. But she's made of ore. She can't float. She will sink like a stone, and she's slowly dying. And the more exertion she does, the faster this disease occurs. So, kind of crazy situation going on. You have people in charge of the facility who are trying to capture these two. They say, we'll kill N007, but Code 1 has to survive. He's the only one who knows how to make this drug. And even though he wiped his memory, he is a threat to our organization. And it's an escape with him. And it shows a lot of the other aspects. Like there is these beings that are worst case scenarios. Like when the, the disease, which has been called indigopathy, has gone to an extreme point, you look like a skeleton. Except you're made of ore. And the thing is that you're made of ore. You look like this. But also you eat the ore. You hunger for it. And so this giant skeletal creature that looks like crystal. Wants to eat anything with that ore. Or i.e. mirror. So it's hunting after them. Gets even more crazy than that. And I don't want to spoil too much. Because it's only two volumes. But it is a prison break story with a weird sci-fi kick. That's horrific at times, and it's drawn beautifully. I gotta say that Iri Suruyoshi does a great job with the artwork. It's nightmarish and beautiful and just out there. Now, for the art style, it's great. The characters, there aren't that many characters. And I can see why it was nominated for Great Award, because it's such a great story. Because the whole premise of this is, is it worth it to condemn your fellow man to profit for it and that is a very intriguing topic and the way it's done is compelling it's dramatic and it's exciting now while some of it is a little bit disturbing and a little crazy and just some elements are very dark like one of the test subjects who when kai starts getting his memory back he meets someone who recognizes him and it's like he's falling apart and it's just what the fuck it's it's really crazy uh but it is still enjoyable and for that reason i'm gonna have to give this a bar from a friend and don't return unless offer pocky it's really really cool it's very dark it's twisted and does something very different and also asks a question which you wouldn't think of it makes you think about things later on makes you think about what it is about the series that's so intriguing and engaging it is a shame, though, that the series is not commercially released. You can find it if you go to your local Kinokuya, untranslated, and then, of course, you have to use a, a translator app or through other ways. But there are ways you can find it if you look for it. But if you disagree with me, you can email me personally at Zan. That's X-A-N at Spyrocon.com. And now, with that in mind, let's get to the part most of you've been waiting for, the part that you enjoy and love. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about that one, that only... The Wheel of Manga! 
Yes, friends, the Wheel of Manga, except no substitute. Now, what is the Wheel of Manga? The Wheel of Manga is a Wheel of Fortune with 10 slots on it. What I've done is I've assigned a manga title to each of the 10 slots. So what we're going to do is we're going to spin the Wheel of Manga. Whatever number it lands on, that's what we're going to be in the next episode of the Spark and Manga episode 373. And... I put no titles that have blue in it, so this is the last time we're going to have blue for a while, hopefully. But we've got some great titles, some fun titles, and one title which infuriates the hell out of me. So let's spin to a review, shall we? Number three. So, in the next episode, I'm going to be doing a sports manga. One about one of the few sports that I actually know how to play and I'm good at. Or decent at. What are we talking about? We're talking about King Golf. Now, this is one I read for a sports panel and it was intriguing a while ago. So, if I remember correctly, it was a decent manga. But we're going to have to wait and see what it is. So, guess that's it for this episode, guys. Um, Hope you guys enjoyed. I'm your host, Zan. I love talking to you guys. Love having you guys listen. Keep reading manga, and I'm Gonsville. Catch you guys next time.